0: Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. So we're in a fresh series. We've actually only got, it's this week, next week is the last. Kurt's going to be preaching. You want to see him preach a whole message with one breath. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, He's preaching on worship as well. Don't miss that. Make sure you're here. Amen. We made sure that we were finishing on worship. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. We we just spent the weekend um, with the guys from Exodus and just getting out on the street. So we had Friday night. There was a worship night. Saturday, uh, we did evangelism training. Uh, Saturday afternoon, we went out on the streets, and and we were just inviting people to church, sharing the the gospel, seeing if we could pray for some people. And then um, last night, it was like a praise party. It went off. So if my voice doesn't hold, um, that's because they gave me a microphone. For a brief moment, and I just felt like, why use amplifiers when you can just scream? And so, um, but I, you know, the one thing that you're reminded when you go on the streets, there's a couple of things that, that always stand out for me, is you always go out with this idea that somehow, because you're out there, that the whole world is going to change. Like, because I went out there, everyone's going to get saved. But the truth of the matter is, when you reach out, you really do reach in, and you see the brokenness of humanity, you see the struggles, you see the pain, and I always come back changed. Always come back changed. I always come back feeling like, man, what we do here matters, and we are so blessed, and we are we have something incredible going with us. Kurt and I, we met a, a guy on the street, Kurt was with me, um, and this dude was, he was high as a kite, like this guy was, I don't know where, I think I tried to share, I thought it was about three times, Kurt reckons it was about five times, I tried to share the gospel, and after like heading in for number five, I think he shared more gospel with us than we ever got to share with him, Uh he was on another planet though, and um, you know, wherever he is, I don't know that heaven is a reality for him, but a party is going on in that dude's mind, and you know, it was, it's actually quite cool just to get out there. Um, but one thing I just want to share this uh, testimony, I, I got to run after a guy by the name of Ben. And, um, you know, from a distance, he didn't look as kind of as big as he was. When I caught up, he was quite a lot taller than me. And, and for every four steps I took, he was taking one, you know, and so he was moving real quick. I felt like I was running next to him trying to keep up. And, um, We were just walking, and and I realized I didn't really have that much time. I had about 50 meters to go for him. That's only three steps. And so um, I said to him, man, he was just sharing, yes, life's been tough. You know, It's not that easy. Things are going on. He didn't really explain too much. And I said, can I pray? Is there anything I can pray for you about? And he said, God can't fix my problem. And I turned to him. I said, if it's finance, he can. And he just stopped dead in his tracks, and he looked at me. And I said, I'll make a deal. I'm going to pray for you, Ben. I gave him a card for the church. I said to him, here's my deal. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to believe that God is going to do something supernatural in the area of finance. And when he does, you owe me the very least you can come visit me at church. That's the very least you can do. And, And he looked, he took the card, and he said, I am open. He said, I'm going to do it. And he put the card in his pocket. And so... You know, you get out on the streets and, and you may not see like everything you hoped you'd see and you don't see all the salvations and people did come to the Lord and, and all sorts of things. But but what you will realize when you reach out to people is you have so much available to you. It is unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. And this city needs us. And you know, I don't know how you went, Kurt. Did you get, you got you got smashed or you didn't get smashed? He just told you, see you later? Or, yeah, right. yeah, he told Kurt. So pretty much only Kurt got rejected, but apart from that, everyone else did okay. Everyone had a great time um, it 's good it 's good for you it 's good for you. It just breaks down your confidence it 's good amen so want to I want to take us real quick we 're going to go on to the battlefield um, this afternoon uh, i 'm just seeing something change in the way the church operates, and i 'm kind of excited about it i like I like seeing what God is doing in people 's lives, and I just see that that people the 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 church right now wants to go out and do something with their life they 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 love the four walls they like I like this place, I want to build buildings and have places, but I also want to get outside of myself like I want to see my friend come to Jesus, I want to see that person at work they're praying differently they 're reaching out differently there 's something different happening in the in the body of Christ, and I like it, I think it 's awesome, and so I want to talk this afternoon about courage, about courage. um, Years ago, uh, my uncle taught me, he said, he said, you don't need to, you do not need to know what to say to a cute girl. You don't need that. What you need is 10 seconds of courage to open your mouth and just let something come out right? You want to walk up and just be like, hey, baby, what's up? And, and then after that, you're kind of too deep in. You have no choice. If she, Whatever happens next, you just got to roll with it, right? But if you're going to try and process the whole conversation out, it's just never going to happen. It's absolutely never going to happen. And so I want to talk about courage because, because for all of us, there is a part of our life where we're a little bit scared. If you want to go and evangelize, you're going to find out just how scared you are, right? I, I find like once I get going, I'm okay. But, but that first one, that first person that I approach, I can't guarantee they're coming to the, they're coming to the Lord because I'm too scared, right? It's like going to get the rust off me, you know, I'm terrified. But once I get going, it's like the greatest feeling in the world, amen? And so all of us in some area are afraid, all of us. And so I want to talk about this dude by the name of David. You, you'd have met him. You heard, you'd have heard David and Goliath. David's the dude when everybody was scared. He's the guy who walked up and said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? I want to know how you knew that, bro. How did you know that? Like up here, up here, what are you looking at? You know what I mean? Like I don't understand how you knew. But David's the guy, when everyone was scared, he was like, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a rock. I'm going to bust your head open. I'm going to pull your sword out. I'm going to cut your head off of it. That's what I'm going to do. And this is why I read the Bible. I read it for stories like, yeah, you talk about the love of God. I skip right over it. I'm moving on, right? Like God is generous right over He's going to kill somebody. Now we're stopping and we're reading, right? Like this is, this is where we are. And so I like, I like the violence of this guy. I like that uh, he had, I, I like the way he did it. I want to preach a series on it. I have done in the past. I want to preach a series. On, you'll, you'll learn, Like you fall in love with this guy. You fall in love with Jesus. You fall in love with the idea that God does not play games right? He does not play games. There is nothing that he's going to allow near his people. And David is this guy. He, he, he's the guy who stepped out and, and who did something. He made a difference. Amen? And so uh, he's won that fight. He's beat this giant, destroyed the giant, cut his head off. And now he's back into another fight. So there's another battle. Amen? So 2 Samuel from 21, it says this, Once again, the Philistines were at war with Israel. And when David and, his men, uh, David and his men were in the thick of battle, these guys were in it. They were having a major, major, major fight. David became weak and exhausted. Whenever you see somebody exhausted and you see somebody weak, you can know one thing. You are looking at a very, very, very dangerous situation. I just see the last part and I go, mate, that's what you are, was a descendant of the giant. His bronze spear weighed more than seven pounds, so three and a half kgs of just the, just the head of this thing. And when he was armed with a new sword, now he's got a new sword. You must understand that when somebody's got a new sword, there's no war wounds on the sword. There's no There's no bumps. There's no blunt part of the sword. This sword, it is its first time out. It has been sharpened all night. They've taken care with this thing. It has been worked to perfection. He's looking for blood. A clean, like a sword without blood, is boring. That's the one you have, like on your mantle. Like my brother had one of those, like samurai ones, or whatever. You know that that no, it needs blood. It needs to be used. You have to kill somebody with it before it becomes of any use. This one is a new one. He's looking for blood. He had cornered David. This giant is fighting David, and he's cornered him, and he was about to kill him. Now, the King James says this way. He thought, uh, it says, thought to have slain David. There's another one, another translation that says it even better. I love it. It says, and David waxed faint. Most people read over this, but what really had happened is David's just been hit. David's just been collected by the sword. He is tired, he's weary, he's exhausted, he's in battle, and at some point, when you're that exhausted and you're that tired, you misjudge something. What usually should be okay, he misjudges what's coming at him, and suddenly he gets collected. And he's been hit by the sword. See, war can be exhausting. Even our daily battles, the daily things we go through are exhausting. Leading is exhausting. Running a family is exhausting. I watch the mums with the kids. That seems a little bit exhausting, right? Leading a church, I want to, trust me on this. Trust me, it is exhausting, right? It is exhausting. And here's the thing that we have to remember. If there's no help and no rest, eventually, eventually, mistakes are going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. In our industry, uh, if if you're working, there's two things you want to make sure. You want to make sure that there is a sharp blade on the machine and that you are awake. Because if it's a blunt blade, you tend to just push because you're too lazy to change it. And that's how you become a ninja turtle. Right? The other thing is, if you're not awake, it's only one small mistake. It only takes a little, it only takes a small glitch, and that's it. You lose a finger or worse. When people get to the stage where they're exhausted, mistakes are, you're a time bomb. You're a time bomb. Like a sharp mother who's awake and alive will tolerate that kid. If she's exhausted, that kid's gonna need a band-aid. Right? She's tired, she's over it, she's spoken 40 times, and it doesn't really matter. She's not thinking about how do I engage properly or get down. Hey, buddy, what's going on? She's just like, well, go one more round with me. Find out. Find out. And I know this. I've seen my mother many times. Go, go one more round, Andrew. Touch it, see what happens. And I knew right after that there was this burning sensation. All through my body. As Christians, we're so consumed with the battles in our lives that we actually miss what's happening around us. We forget at times that we are in a spiritual war. We are so consumed with life at home and what is going on, and your finances and your workplace that you can no longer see what's going on around you. It takes its toll. Because when you're so consumed with your little battle and what you're going through, you miss how much people around you are suffering, how much other people are going through. How many times I've, I've, I've gone through like a season and I'm spending time with somebody and they share what's been going on in their life over the last few weeks. And I go, wow, I had no idea you were going through that. Why didn't you tell me? A very good friend of mine, I, I said to him, well, he went through something horrendous. And I said to him, bro, why would you not tell me that? Why would you not give me the opportunity to pray with you? Why would you not say something? I'm supposed to be your friend. And he said, I did. I phoned you many times, but you were just complaining about other things. We can no longer be friends. It's brutal. Brutal. Are you focused on your fight? So much so that you can't even notice the war around you? What's got you so distracted? What is it? What's got your attention? What are you so focused on or fixated on that you have forgotten that as a child of God, we are at war and there is lives at stake. Somebody's eternity is at stake. But your issue is so big that you can't see through it. How many times I've said to somebody, I guarantee you, I will guarantee you, I will pay for coffee, I'll do whatever, right? For me, when I say so, I'll buy somebody coffee, you must understand, that's like for me giving somebody a billion dollars because that's what coffee is worth, right? It is the most important substance on planet Earth, right? Without coffee, none of us are here. None of us are here, right? And so I've said to them, a year from now, a year from now, do you think that the problem you're facing, do you think that this will be the conversation, Probably not. So why are we going to commit a year of whining about it to this moment? What are we trying to achieve? Let's find the solution and move forward so that we can find out what we really want to be talking about a year from now. One year from now, you're going to be talking about something. What is that something? Who is that someone because gossip always degenerates to the now. But when you're praying for somebody, when you're believing for something, when you're trusting God, that's always got future attached to it. A year from now, you go, man, I can't believe you gave your life to the Lord. I've been praying for you for a year. Amazing. You finally got that job. Bro, we prayed about that job. That was, that's incredible. But when it's gossip or something dirty or nasty, it's always right now and it consumes you. You're so quick to talk about somebody else but you've forgotten that they may be in the fight of their life. I have spoken to that many people. I think, man, how rude can somebody be? But I don't know their story. I don't know what they're going through. Maybe they're in the fight of their life. They are in a war, and I've got something around me that's just a little battle, but I'm so consumed with my something that I can't see that I could maybe make a difference here. And David matters to his men, and it's a big deal because people should matter. Your friends should matter to you. Your friends should matter. Your family should matter deeply. The leaders that you have around you, the people of influence, they should matter deeply. If you've got people speaking into your life, they should matter a lot to you because what comes out of them, you're receiving, and it's going to steer your life. And so they're out there, and Abishai, uh, he's, not, he's not just going to let David get smashed. That's not going to happen. Abishai's on this battlefield, and he sees what's happened, and he's not going to allow it. That's the wrong microphone. We'll fix it. We'll get water microphone or something. And so he's not going to do it. And so Abishai does what no one else on the battlefield does. I cannot imagine that Abishai is just sitting like on a couch going, all right, let's just see what's going on here. He's fighting. They're fighting. Mm -hmm. just going to watch some Netflix while I wait for the fighting to stop. No, he's in the fight of his life. It says they are in the thick of battle they are there is there is blood everywhere there are swords there's, there's everything is being thrown at them they are in the fight of their life and and while he's fighting this fight he looks across the battlefield and it's not hard to know where david is just look for the biggest dude he's fighting a giant and he looks across and he sees david get hit and the giant has assumed Him to be dead. And Abishai stops the fight he's in and goes running across the battlefield. Verse 17 it says this, but Abishai came to David's rescue and he killed the Philistine. This is so important right now, but there is something bigger at stake. And he drops this. And he goes running through a battlefield. And he decides that he's going to preserve what matters to him. Then David's men declared, you're not going out to battle with us again. Why risk snuffing out the light of Israel? He says that they didn't want the light of Israel to grow dim. They didn't, we're not going to allow you to go out there as the leader. We're not going to allow you to go out and die. You you can't keep coming with us. You can't do that. Now watch this from 18. This is where it gets cool. After this, there was another battle against the Philistine at Gob as they fought Sibachai. Don't judge me. Sibachai, another descendant of the giants, right? During another battle, Ilhanan from Bethlehem, he killed the brother of Goliath of Gath the handle of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam verse 20 in another battle with the Philistines at Gath they encountered a huge man six fingers on each hand six toes on each foot this guy had two middle fingers this guy is this guy is nasty and he is ugly as sin six fingers on each hand like because a foot is not ugly enough, amen, Kurt. Like a foot can't is not ugly enough. You've got to add extra toes. Six toes. Was it a big toe, a small toe? Was it an extra one? That's gross. That's gross. He gets killed. He gets killed. Uh, but when they defied and tortured Israel, he was killed by Jonathan. Verse 22, these four Philistines were descendants of the giant, but David and his warriors killed him. you got Abishai, Sebekah, Elhanan, and Jonathan. Uh, it says that these four, right, and David and his men killed them. There's four dudes, four giants, and David and his men killed him. No, no. David, bro, you almost died. Let's not forget that, my man. You took a knock. You were in trouble. But it says David and his men, they killed these guys. And the truth of the matter is because we don't realize that it was never about how great you are or how great I am. It's supposed to be team. This is not the Andrew show. This is what will the link church do? I will not be here forever. At some stage, I will breathe out my last. But what happens when we go, as Kurt said, those guys behind there, they must continue. And it's not about what Andrew did. It's about what we will continue to do, what we have done and what we will continue to do. See, courage started with David. And then after Abishai stepped up, Others decided, if he can do it, I can do it too. See, you never have to worry, though, because it was always David's job. No one had to fight anything bigger than what there was in front of him. And you, you think that the fight you're in or that there are bigger things and other people will do it. And that's not true. That's not true at all. As he's running through that battlefield... He is running toward a giant who he has just seen hit David. At no point does it say that it said David waxed faint or David was down. There's no, oh, oh, he's gone already. What a shame. I'll just keep fighting this fight. No, he is running into battle to take on a giant he has never taken on before. He is about to fight something that is bigger and stronger than he is. He doesn't know the strategy. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know when. He doesn't know if he's killed David, for goodness sake, I'm obviously the next. Because if I thought I could fight this giant, I would have already done it. And some of you have to realize that when you look at the things that you're facing, you think, How am I gonna overcome it? How am I gonna do it? What is going on? But God is saying, if somebody else could do it, you can do it too. And when you pick up what you thought you could leave behind and you take responsibility for the fight and for this, for the kingdom, and for the people out there, and you stop worrying about what Andrew's gonna do or what Em's gonna do or what somebody else is gonna do, and you realize if I don't get up and go and make a difference. Those people are in serious trouble. And he looks at this and he says, I'm gonna fight. And I imagine, I imagine them sitting down at the campfire afterwards. David, you can't, you can't come with us, bro. Getting old. Hmm, That gray in your beard, my man. Sit down. Have a cup of coffee. Abishai got this imagine Abishai standing at that, uh-huh, he's telling the story, everyone else was in the thick of battle, so what happened, bro, anyway, I was, you remember how, like, strong, because David's strong, and he's just, you know how he knows how to fight and stuff, well, I'm look up, and he's just, man, he's not, he's not in his A game, and I just thought to myself, oh, I'll finish this clown, and then I'll just go, and I'll go give him a hand, and then I watched him get hit, and if I'm honest, my sword was packed away. I was just, I thought I'd package that thing. I just, cause I wanted both hands to run. I just ran across there and I, like, I was just ducking a few, obviously, you know, cause I'm sharp, you know, and, and then I thought, oh, David. And so I just, I just pulled out, just quickly cut him in half and, you know, and um, I'm the man. Remember how you celebrated David? You anyway, he's old. I'm the boss. I got this thing covered. And then there's another, ma- another battle. And somebody goes, no, no. You stay seated, bro. I've seen what you did. If David can kill a giant and you can kill a giant, then I'm not going to sit back and allow my life to not mean something. I'm going after the next one. I feel like that's where you start to see these guys. These guys are mighty men. That's where you start seeing them say, Shogun. There's another one. He's mine. There's another one after that, though. Shogun. I'm going to cut that guy in half as well. I'm going to cut his head off. He's mine. There's a dude, though, he's got like six fingers. Like when he flips you off, he's got two middle fingers. You must understand that. Like he's going to help you understand properly. He's going to give you a motivational speech like you'd never had in your life before. Yeah, I'm going to cut all those fingers off. I'm going to end him. Why? Because if you can, I can too. And some of you don't realize that there are people in your life that you look to that have achieved the most amazing things and you look in and what you don't realize is that that should inspire you to do something with your life. Your life can matter. Your life can mean something. It doesn't always have to be someone else. Just maybe it's you as well. And when you step up and you make a decision, man, I'm gonna risk it. I'm gonna step out for God. I'm gonna do something great with my life. I'm telling you, somebody else is gonna watch you and they're gonna say, if that person can do it, I can do it too. If they can get free from drugs, I can get free too. If God can heal them, God can heal me too. If you can pray for someone, I can pray too. If you can join a worship team, then I can join one too. If you can start a business, then I'm going to risk it as well. There's something that happens when you see people do incredible things, when they risk it, when they step out, when they have the courage to say, I don't know how this fight is going to go down, but I'm not going to sit back and do nothing. Your life will change and so will theirs. Your life is going to matter and it must matter. But you have to answer the question, what is taking your attention? What is stopping you from functioning in that courage? Who said what? Who was it that you've given them the power to say something and to destroy your future? Who did that? Why did some guy get to say something to you and it ends you? Why does some girl get to say something and it ends you? Why does a boss get to say something or a mom or a dad? Why do they get to do something and say something and it ends your life? You've given those words way too much power. I do not believe for one second David looked at his guys and went, no, nah, you guys, there's no way you guys take a, not a giant. You're good. You're good. But you ain't this. I know how to fight giants. I've taken a couple on. I know what I'm doing. I don't think you guys have got it in you. I don't think that's how you raise an army like that. I reckon he looks at it and says, what stops you? Who says that you can't do it? No, it's just because I don't know if I've got the skill. Mate, you're only going to know if you try. Get out there and take someone on. If you've killed that Muppet and that one, you can take another one. These guys were fearless, but they understood that they have to take responsibility for the war. And you have to take responsibility. The church can't be hinging on one person. Like, I'd love to preach this in another church because it doesn't seem like it's self-seeking. or, But the truth of the matter is, it's not my job. A lot of people have a view of what my job is. My job is to design some kitchens. You can step in anytime you like and come do it. My job is not to go and reach the world, it's our job. It's not my job to pray for someone, it's ours. It's not, it's not one person, it's our job, it's our responsibility. And I can go fast alone, but I can go further when it's us. We have to pull together. We have to pull together. This is not one person. And as a church, I'm asking you to stand up and to stand alongside me and fight. We have to fight. We have to fight for the kids. We have to fight for our friends. We have to fight for our families. We have to fight for our workplace. Some of you, your fight in your workplace is going to stop when you stop sounding like them. When you stop swearing like them, maybe they'll take you seriously. When you stop drinking like them, maybe they'll take you seriously. When you stop behaving like them or making jokes about your wife or so, they, they take you more seriously. The guys that I work with, they know, don't try it on. You preach, I preach next. I walk in and I hear the word Jesus Christ, that's license, it's on. You say Jesus Christ, we're either praying or I'm preaching. You can pick none of those they want right now. So don't test me. Because I'm taking a stand for something. Sometimes the jokes they make, even if it's about their wife, it is funny. Sometimes it's funny. It is. It is. But I have to learn restraint and go, no, like, I want to laugh. But if I, if I go down that path, where does it lead? I have to take a stand. And it's hard. I got, I got bleed. My tongue's bleeding. I'm, lo- I'm ready to laugh. Funny, but it's not right. Just because it's funny doesn't mean it's okay. And if, I'm not gonna, if we're not going to stand, guys, if you're not going to stand for the woman, then, then don't cry when all you've got is an option for a man. Because you're going to break them down to the point where there's nothing. We have to take a stand. As men, we have to take a stand. They are after the family and they are after your kids and they want to take your gender. They're going to take that. If you allow it, they will take it from you. I watched a girl online. Somebody said, excuse me, ma'am. That girl hooked out. I'm they. Okay, excuse me, they. Like, get out the way. Pretty much, like, you missed the whole point. Get out the way. You're in the way. I didn't say excuse me because I wanted to fight. I said, excuse me, because you're in the way move. (laughs) They, them, it, get out the way. Like we better start standing for something we have to we have to stand we have to stand against certain things as well we have to stand for truth and for righteousness and for the bible and for each other and we have to stand against the agenda and against abortion and i know that everyone's got a personal view but i don't actually care unless it's in the bible i don't care what the opinion is come on courage when you have courage other people get it too You have the guts to say yes to Jesus. You give somebody license to say yes to Jesus. Lead the way. No one said you had to be perfect, but lead the way. Stop leaving it for someone else. Stop leaving it for someone else to do. This fight is your fight too. It is your responsibility. You have to pray. No one is coming to wake you up tomorrow morning. No one's going to come, hey, morning, Brought your coffee in case you want to pray. No one is coming, no one's coming. And if you come, you're going to be like Ishbibenob. I will end you. I will wake up with anybody going, Andrew. You do not want to do that to me. <laughs> do that, but do it to someone else. Amen? Amen. These guys still to this day they inspire me. One of the greatest, one of the greatest pieces of text in the Bible for me. The fact that they would see one leader go down and realize we can't have this. We're not for the sake of exhaustion going to watch the whole team fall apart because we refuse to play our part. This is not the job for one man. This is our responsibility. The youth of the city need us. The people in the city need us. The kids church need us. Amen. They need us. Like we think we've got problems in you. How many kids they've got like 20-something kids or something, two different classes and not enough teachers. You think you've got problems. Like we need to, we need to realise that's probably one of the greatest things we do as a church. Those kids, there's not a babysitting class going on in there. It's just not happening. They're in small groups, they're reading Bible, like parents are being told, like, buy Bible so you can read Bible with us. Like we've had people in the church say, I had to buy a Bible because my kid was giving me a hard time. Good. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. We really can leave our mark on this world. And for many of you, this world has already left its mark on you. But it is time for you to leave your mark on this world. And, and it takes drawing a line in the sand and saying, okay, I, I can no longer just play games, I can't just be on the battlefield. Uh, I've got a million excuses. If you think you've got a lot, ask me. I'll write you a book on excuses. I've got lots. But this matters. People's lives matter. Those kids matter. And if we don't step up, we're never going to lead the way and show a generation who actually, by the way, is very hungry for God. If we don't show them what it looks like, why would they come? Why would they come? Like, I asked somebody this weekend, why do you keep coming back? Why do you keep coming back? I'm waiting for my answer. But why do you keep coming back? What are you hoping for? What are you looking for? And then are you going to do it? That's the next part. Now they're thinking differently. Are you going to be the change you want to see? Are you going to do it? And if not, who's going to do it? What are you waiting for? Amen? Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.